I have a confession. I have an oral fixation. An oral fixation is defined as an obsessive, unhealthy behavior that involves the mouth, such as smoking, gum chewing, candy eating, nail biting, and even excessive drinking. Freud felt that if a child had admit needs during the oral stage of development, they would develop an oral fixation as, a, as an adult. Mine is definitely eating. It used to be smoking, but I've learned to curb that. And it's oral sex, giving oral sex a BJ. Ever since I learned it could go past my uvula, yo, I struggle when I'm eating good food. Just shoving it in, shoving it in. And it's not just taste, it's also the food going down my throat. Sometimes choking, sometimes dry. I can't explain it. But you see, this has caused me gas. I have the most ridiculous gas. Even my shit floats. I love sucking dick. I like big dick. I like the kind of dick that chokes you. I like getting choked. And that's gotten me in trouble. Hello, this podcast is for 18 years and above because we discuss really sensitive and really adult themes such as sex, pain, trauma. So here's your trigger warning. And here we go. You see, I know the precise point that my oral needs were cut off. See, I'd gone quite an attachment to my teddy bear Theodore. Every night as I was tucked into bed, I would lie on him and imagine he was a future boyfriend or husband who would keep me safe. Theodore, unfortunately, succumbed to murder at the hand of one of my uncles. After Theodore, I had a blanket, a baby blanket, that gave me comfort when I rubbed it against my lip. And in any anxiety or low feelings, a blanket would cover me. Except one day when my father pulled it away from me as I was using it and threw it in the bin. Looking at me, he said, you're a big girl now. I don't know what happened after. 
the pain I felt, the sadness that overcame me. I don't think I actually recovered. To date, when I sit across my father at the dinner table or beside him as I'm driving and he is to say anything that is going to upset me, I am transported to being my four or five year old self who can't fight for her rights or speak up for herself. And like a child, I go mute, almost in a petty way because he would continue speaking, but I've tapped out. I once on a whim filled a glass with water, put it aside, called the boy, you know the one, the drug dealing boy. He stood in front of me, I undid his trousers, dropped them. He didn't used to wear boxes or briefs. I took my cup and placed his penis inside of it. The way you'd dunk a tea bag. Up and down, up and down. Took the penis out and sipped the water as I looked him in the eye. Welcome to Mentally Amiss. This podcast explores how my brain went from trauma to power. From being a mental mess, transforming to mentally a mistress. Oxford Dictionary describes a mistress as a woman in a position of authority or a woman in control. Short for mistress is miss. Hence, mentally amiss. So these are my stories about the penis. And how for me it was such an object of sexuality. It was affirmation. It was validity. For the longest time, I could not touch my partner's penis. Only much later in my 30s did I understand that the same freedom that they would grasp at my clit or my breasts, I had the same right. So now when I give a blowjob, before I put it to my lips, In my head, I say a little, hello, it's you again. I think this is why on my bucket list, I have a golden shower. And I almost got close. It was with my first master. 
We had spent the day together, driving around, only to come home. I don't believe we fucked. We were both tired. I said I'm going for a shower before I smoke. He said alright. Part of me was upset. Upset that I didn't get my way. Upset that he didn't just take me. As I had so often come to expect. So I had a shower, turned off the water, and as I'm drying myself, he walks in, naked. My eyes desperately went to his cock, impressive, even flaccid. As he turned on the water and I tried to walk away, he grabbed me by the arm and told me to kneel. So I put my towel on the sink and I knelt close enough for the water to splash on me. He stood there soaping himself, looking at me. Once or twice I looked up and caught him looking at me. So I kept my eyes to the ground. After he had rinsed, He said, give me your hand. I gave him my right and he helped me stand. He then pushed me against the wall, his hand to my neck and he kissed me gently. Then he said, bend over. As he turned me around and forced my head down, I got a bit disoriented because the water was still flowing. He shoved his cock inside my vagina and it was everything I asked for. After a few thrusts it was a bit difficult to stay upright with the wet walls and the slippery floor, the water still running. He then told me to kneel in a different part towards the wall, at the wall much closer to the water and he washed his cock as he's watching me. Once again he asked for my hand and as I stood his hand went for my neck. My eyes stayed closed. Turned me again onto the wall not bending, pressed up against it, both hands. He lifted my leg as he tried to shove his cock inside me again. I was disoriented, the water was flowing. I didn't know what was going to happen next. Then he turns me around, holds me by the neck and slaps me, then kisses me. He lets go of my neck and slaps me a bit harder. I stumble, I stumble and fall to the ground. Now I'm sitting on my backside, 
my legs folded, my eyes still closed. As he slaps me one more time, he says, you are a dirty slut and you deserve it. In my heart, I couldn't help but agree. And as I was sitting there, almost broken and disoriented, I really, really wished. For he was standing above me, holding his cock. I took a glimpse and shut my eyes quickly because I really wanted him to baptize me. Baptize me in urine. Almost like a sign of approval. To most, it was degradation, but for me was a gift and I waited and waited for what seemed like an eternity and nothing he switches off the water and crouches down beside me holding my face he kisses my forehead takes my hand and leads me out of the bathroom. We then both collapsed on my bed, him embracing me. My eyes stayed closed most of the time and somehow I fell asleep. But to this day, I still believe that was a perfect setup to receive this gift. And I believe I will get it. Story time! Yet another experience to do with cock, dick, penis. Many, many, many years ago in my early 20s when I was still in Tanzania and Facebook was still new and fresh. I accepted an invite from a young man. I seem to have a thing for younger men. Well, this young man was quite impressive because he sent me a dick pic. And boy, baby's arm. Dark with a light head. That image, till today, stuck in my head. So that eight years later, when I'm in Kenya, I go looking for him. I knew very little about him. I didn't even remember what his name was. All I knew was he had an impressive cock. When we finally met the first time, we hit it off. Um, the vibe was there, the energy was right. Both of us were being careful with our words, but the body language was all about sex. And we fucked, or should I say he fucked me, but not the way he 
had made it seem. I knew I was going to get roughhoused. I knew that he was going to take me. He was going to tear apart my cervix. But instead, it was kind of romantic kind of lovemaking, vanilla. It was so vanilla, I don't even remember the details. And his cock seemed different. I guess he hadn't been having a lot of sex recently. I do think a man's cock sort of stretches the more sex he has within a period of time, but it does go back to its initial size. Much later, now this is when Nairobi was on lockdown. I decided I want to have a slice of something I already knew. And so we chatted and he invited me over. Now, going over to his place, as much as I love driving, was about an hour's drive without traffic. So as I was making my way there, I remembered, no, I need to eat, I need to drink. And so I bought these things and I carried them with. Such that when I arrived at his house, there was very little that he could offer me, except dick. Which is how I wanted it. There was some small talk as I rolled up blunt and we smoked up together. And once we had smoked, he got my attention and kissed me. So we made out for a bit and went to his bedroom. We got naked and he was flabbergasted at my ink. I took control. I had him lay on his back. I kissed his neck down because I wanted cock in my throat. Now, it had been a while since I'd gotten it good. <laughs> it had been a while since I'd been choked, since I'd been put in any kind of submission. And so that highness plus a cock, I was going to enjoy myself. So I gagged, not once, not twice, where he was holding my head and asking me, are you okay? I couldn't even answer, I was just like, mm -hmm. <laughs> So I gagged and choked myself on his dick, such that he was more concerned about me than trying to penetrate. So we started to talk, and we talked about what he's been up to, what I've been up to. Eventually we got dressed because I got bored. I went to get a drink some food we ate we watched I can't remember what and then he got a phone call so I was like hey let me roll another joint I rolled it I smoked it he was still on the call this call took like 40-45 minutes when I was in the mood again is when it hit me wait this dude is not where is he 
And that's when he came to me and said, listen, I have to go somewhere really quick, but don't move, I'll be back. Just give me an hour and I'll be back. Hmm. It's like, all right, I have what I needed. I had a drink, I had a spliff, I had food, Netflix. No different from what I'd be doing at home. So he left. Now time passed quite fast because I was getting high as a motherfucker. I got so high and close to my bedtime. Yes, I have a bedtime. I decided to me get naked and wait for him in bed. Now as I'm getting drowsy, my phone rings. He's on the line. And he says, Um, hey, listen, I don't I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. What do I say? I'm like, huh? Are you okay? He's like, no, no, me, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine, but um I don't I don't know what to say, gosh. Listen. So um I have come kind of, so I had gone to my baby mama's place, there was a bit of beef, and now I'm coming back with my son, and her, possibly with her, I don't know if she's coming or not, but I'm coming back with my son, that perked me up. So I've sat up in his bed thinking, fuck, what? It's like, yeah, so um, you have like, I mean, then I'm like, how long? How long will, how long till you get here? It's like, oh, we're packing up and we're about to leave um, Lower Kabete. I do my calculations, that's about one and a half hours. But I'm like, god damn it, it's about, 30 minutes to lockdown. Fuck! He's like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Um, then he gives me instructions of how to leave the key. Goddamn. How to lock the house. So, I panic, okay. Very lucid now no longer drowsy panic I pack everything up I get rid of rubbish because I'm that kind of person I'm thinking okay a child should not know his father's vices (laughs) you know I clean up get dressed take very deep breaths as I try and put my google map and to remind me how to get home because I'm in an area I'm not very used to take all my baggage and I find a way to lock the house without the key find the elevator, go downstairs find my quad parked, there's someone blocking me so I sit in the car for a moment thinking what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck what the fuck right, at this point it was about curfew time, exactly on the dot, he calls again telling me that 
Yeah, so we're about to leave. How far have you gotten? Like, motherfucker. I'm about to leave. I'm waiting for the car to move. He's like, listen, don't worry. I'm, I hear they give people like a, a grace period of like 30 minutes to an hour after the curfew time. That's not helping my life. Bye. So I'm sitting in my car. At least the guard has seen and is calling the person who's blocking me from leaving. I'm sitting there just doing deep breaths, trying to, you can handle this, you can do this, you can do this, you know your way home, it's very easy, you are safe, all sorts of mantras I was telling myself. Eventually the car in front of me moves, I drive out, now I drive a manual, (laughs) meaning... It's not like pedal push. It's not like stop and go. No, I have to balance. I have a clutch. I have gears. All of these things. Like if you make one fuck up, you stall. So my hands are sweaty. I'm sweating like profusely. I'm rolling down the window so that I can get some cool air. I'm just like, you need to just go slowly at first. Get your bearings which is what I do, I'm like, okay, okay, I can move, excellent, gear one, okay, okay, gear two, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, well done, st- good, well done, well done. Eventually, I make my way to Uru Highway, and then, what do I see? Now, Uru Highway was under construction at this point. So, there are potholes, there are random rocks, there are, like, weird turns that you need to do on and off gravel, I'd not used that road to be able to know it, especially at night. And then I saw armored trucks. Armored trucks. I don't know about you, but when I think armored trucks, I think violence. I think zombies. I think I'm in shit. What do I do? I gear up and just zoom. I fly past everything, hitting potholes, that's fine, car's fine, until I make my way to my side of town. I'm panting, I'm tense, I am heavy breathing. I get there, I park. And then... I break down and cry. I weep like boohoo, like ah, 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 kinda crying, which eventually turns into laughter. I feel like a wild woman. What the? F- so I get my shit together, switch off the lights, get into my house, roll myself a plant. As I'm smoking, I'm just like, never again. <laughs> never, motherfucker, never fucking again. This year he says he missed me. Saying we should hook up. My response always is, Why? So that I can leave in the middle of the night? You can chase me out? Of course he says, no, that won't happen again. 
catch me dead. You have been listening to Mentally Amiss.